we're here, beginning. We're live. We're in person. We're very much. We're very James much here. Got us these really cool mics that we hold very close to our face, but they, and they have thick cables attached. Yeah, feeding into a box. <laughs> <laughs> and then the box is uh, connected to the computer. It's all very technical. Yeah, it feels very real. Yeah, makes me want to move here. <laughs> Didn't hold this mic every week. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I could. It's possible. Yeah. Um, today we want to talk about the rehearsal. Yeah, Nathan Fielder and the really, the like non-pushback pushback. I saw this thing on Twitter that was like, what if Nathan Fielder is the person who has started the entire pushback? Like, because anyone that thinks the show's manipulative is. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, I saw the joke that was like, uh, like Nathan for you vibes where he's like, yeah, I have an idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also, we yes, was it just yesterday that you're? Was it just yesterday? No, it was two days. Oh, ago. two days ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Gabby had her very first book signing. Totally a big surprise. Yeah, and it was the first time we all saw the book in person, which was very. Yeah, the paperback. Trippy, honestly. The trade paperback, as yeah. they call it. Why the do they foiling. call it? Why do they call it trade? I don't know. Trade, trade paperback. I guess th- that's like the primary one that's like in the sales channels, mm-hmm. like on Walmart dot com mm. <laughs> and uh yeah just publishing terminology yeah and uh there's foiled lettering also Very new cool. terminology which if anyone wants to know what that means just it's just shiny yeah you know? shiny 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 textured um it's very pretty it's like it's very it, pretty you know shimmers in the light i really actually love how pretty the book is like i, I keep wanting to take yeah. photos of it um i know it's my own book but you know a I man think it designed the cover. It turned out fantastic. I really love it. Yeah. And the cover, like, feel, the texture is just really nice. Yeah, I wanted it to be that matte, because I've touched books like this, where it's, like, matte paperbacks. Because, mm-hmm. I don't know, gloss is just, it's like when someone, like, um, puts their own book from Amazon. It's always that glossy photo cover. Right. Yes. With it paper, is. it could, like, split down the middle. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't we can't I, have that. Yeah, that was my request. I was like, I want this soft matte. They were like, that's all we do, pretty much. My publisher loves soft matte. They would so never go glossy. Yeah. Yeah. Not a cult. But yeah, a book is going to be out. It's confusing, though, because we've been posting it, and everyone's like, where's my book? And I'm like, it's still, the publisher's still on schedule to ship them beginning of September. But right, right, right. We got one of those, like, pre-boxes, and thought, why not the just give a gift to some people you know yeah but you had a lot of people come like I was there the whole time which was really fun and um it was a was fun a moment yeah a line out the door at points it's funny cool. because those events they have the energy of like uh, community service kind of do you know what I mean like when you're in <laughs> high school and you and your friend are like at like an event with a table and it's like yeah it's a yeah. book signing of course yeah like, it's way more of a party and less weird but I just because I've you and I have done community service together the ta- have we yeah, I remember UCLA. Oh, of course. Right. Relay for life. A <laughs> couple years in a row. I remember that yeah, being a highlight of my year. Table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of sad, but also it was so fucking We fun. were also, like, at 13, 14, like... It was, like, camp. We, I've yeah. never, you and I have never been on to, like, never been camp, to camp, so it was my closest experience to camp, and I remember being like, yeah, I think this is incredible. Relay for life. Yeah, for life. Yeah, and everyone had a table. Like, you just kind of... And tents. And yeah. tents. There were tents, and... And you're in a world, like, I feel this way about any small space, like, especially festivals like this, where, like, 
it's just like that's where you are like i also had that experience when you were selling bags at the fairfax flea market Mm -hmm. bags and rugs yep that was really fun but that was another thing too where it was like we are at this table yeah okay the bathroom's over there there's some food trucks over there it's so hard (laughs) to be a salesperson the thing that was nice with your thing is like everyone had sort of Everyone coming to you had already bought the book or was mm-hmm. there to buy it because they for sure knew. Which is nice, yeah. Yeah. The I had a couple of feeling people. Like, I just didn't like feeling desperate, like being like, hey, like, are you I looking at these my things. rugs? Yeah, I know. I did have a couple experiences like that at the the fair because there was a couple of people who came up to me. Mm-hmm. One person came up and started looking at it and they were like, is this poetry? And I was like, yeah. And then they were like, okay. And then they left. <laughs> and I was like, wait, I should have, it's not just poetry. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, I was yeah. like, maybe I should have been a better salesperson. But she left really quickly. And then this other guy actually did end up buying it in that way where he didn't know me. And he was like, no, it's on shape-shifting. He was <laughs> like, is this about actual shape-shifting? And I was like, what does that mean to yeah. you? <laughs> I was like, what is your definition of shape-shifting? Because, yeah. you know. Cause and yes. he said astral projection. Oh. And I was like, you know, I'd be doing that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we had a conversation about astral projection. I was like, well, I can tell you this book is not about astral projection, but it's about someone who... It's, I mean, it's by someone who has astral projected mm-hmm. and cares about the energetic world. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and then he did end up buying it. Amazing. And he was like, thanks. Nice. He was like such a, a, a dude who's involved, uh-huh. like an involved dad. Yeah. You know, yeah. actually, he made me feel like I was like 13 years old. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing, right? Yeah, because yeah. he was very much like, you know, he was like, thanks. Thanks a lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll get it. You know, like slaps the table and gets his wallet out. <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> He's supporting my bake sale. Yeah. Oh my God, lemonade stand. Gabby and I also we had a for real lemonade. That's stand what I'm saying. You and Happy I like lemons. we we be behind tables. Yes, we do. I just forget so <laughs> many things. things. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Happy lemons was our first venture. Okay. No, it was our second. Our second. Do you remember doing Happy Lemons lemonade stand at the park? And that guy played showed Mary up. Jane. This random dude who was yeah. like older, clearly like never grew up. In a bad way. Mm -hmm. It's a good way to do that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He pulled up in his car. All the the front doors were open and he started blasting Mary Jane by, I don't know who is it this by. Mary Jane, do you love me, Mary? Yeah, it's an old song. Yeah. And then uh, he just was blasting it and like we were sort of dancing. It was so funny because we didn't have, it wasn't like we had parental chaperones. Like my dad was just like, yeah, let me know if you need me to walk over. Yeah, which I love. But he really just <laughs> saw three girls, young girls, and Probably was like, like 12, yeah, 11. like 11, 12. <laughs> um, and was like, yeah, let me play this song. They'll, they'll get it. I think about it now. I don't think he was creepy. I think he just was like needed a moment. I don't think he didn't have a creepy energy. Yeah. It just like, it was just funny that he chose us to do that with. I know. It felt, well, it felt like he needed to be seen. He needed like some surrealist fun moment. Yeah. The way that LA can give you those. And I almost felt bad that like he stopped for, you know, yes. like I was like yeah. a lemonade stand. Yes. Unique, fun, exciting thing. But we're, you know, I think you need a little more guy. Yeah. I feel like that stuff doesn't happen as much anymore. Like people breaking the bubble. Oh yeah. Of personal totally. bubble space. Oh, thing. speaking of bubbles, you broke up a fight. I did broke up a, a bubble. She fight. broke uh, a, the bystander effect. Yeah. Which we've talked about before. We'll refresh your mem- memory. It's a psychological phenomenon. You can Google it. Very interesting. It's the idea that the more people that are watching something go down, especially bad, the more that they'll freeze and not do anything. Yeah. So this can apply to fights, someone getting hurt, someone being yelled at or something crazy, someone dying. Um, 
but people will freeze because psychologically we look towards a group like something happens in the brain where we all kind of shut off and become group thinky mm-hmm. but what it takes to break the bystander effect is some just one person to snap the whole simulation yeah yeah and to experience that is so crazy and, and you can I feel it you can feel everyone yeah. being like who's gonna who's gonna do something yeah, yeah yeah and everyone just watches um and then they always say advice to break the bystander effect is to like yell something and be like hey what's going on or like mm-hmm. just and that's what you did yeah i have had a couple experiences with that where like because i was talking to chris when i told him how i broke up, up this fight and this was the most public one where there were like other people around a lot of other people that like someone else clearly mm-hmm. should have done something. But I remember the first time I broke up a fight was at the gas station, like really late at night after mm. we did the tenants night. Do you remember that tenants at Arco night. and our friend was driving us home and we pulled into the Arco and there was a guy literally punching his girlfriend. Oh, I remember that. And the guy driving yeah. us home didn't get out. And we all had this moment of like, what are we going to do? Yeah, we got out. And that one was one of those weird ones where we were like talking to them. And it was just kind of like. It was really long. But I was the one that got out of the car yeah. because I was like, well, of course, the guy driving us is going to get out because yeah. he's the guy. And he didn't do anything because, again, it's still bystander if there's three yeah. people. I mean, he was a very feminine guy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just. Yeah, of course. Like, who am I to think of a binary? <laughs> of course. I was probably the most masculine But he's just. Yeah. There. No, he's like a guy, but he wasn't the type of guy i would ever imagine like right well i just yeah. whenever i think anyone's in the driver's seat i'm like they're taking care of them. yeah but it was one of those okay that was one, a situation where it was like it looked bad and it looked like there was a clear solution but she was also so like yeah entrenched in the relationship you know like yeah, she wanted to go back to like her tent and everything like yeah but remember? you still couldn't just watch it yeah no, no like yeah, yeah definitely not so there was that and then there was also the Recently, I didn't tell you about this, but recently Chris and I were walking around Main Street mm-hmm. and in Santa Monica, and I went into um, a liquor store to get, like, literally gum. Oh, no, just, yeah, chapstick. I went in to get chapstick, and it was just a um, normal liquor store, and there were three clearly, like, Swedish tourist mm-hmm. vibes, girls getting getting something, and there was someone in front of them who was clearly, like, unhoused and and they couldn't pay whoever the person at the front couldn't pay and the guy was like you don't have three dollars you don't have three dollars and so it turned into this thing where the person kept being like wait i do i do and i was just not really paying attention i was like about to get like hair clips and chopstick (laughs) and i was loading up and then um and chris was outside with joey and the swedish girls i say swedish just because they were tall and blonde they for all i know they were like just (laughs) la girls Mm -hmm. but um it just became a really ugly situation, like, really quickly. Mm. And the guy s- took out a baseball bat no. and started advancing toward this person. Damn. And the person was like, are you fucking racist? And he goes, I am fucking racist. Get the fuck out of my store before I beat you up. And it was, I mean, it was, oh, I mean, literally, it was, it was so bad. And in my head, I was thinking, like, well, this guy has a baseball bat. And, like, technically, I'm a customer, so he can't, like, go for me. But what do I do like, what do I do? Like, I was mm. trying to assess it. And the girls, literally, I watched it crazy. The three girls shrunk away. Like, I watched them literally, like, back up. And I was like, well, no, they're not going to do anything. So I just put my gum down, and I just walked in between them, like, mm. passed through them. Mm. And it was crazy because it was just, like, this energetic thing of, like, breaking the spell because then yeah. the the person, like, left the store, and he, like, walked back. And it was crazy. Like, he walked mm. back to his register. I left. I fucking dipped. Yeah. But it was a funny thing of, like, I was, like, what do I say? Like, do I just offer to pay? Like, what do I do? And then I was just, like, no, I just need to leave. But I specifically, like, walked in between the, like, tension. 
That's yeah, which is, yeah, that's a very good point. Because that's, yeah, that's like, yeah, that's a true breaking a simulation moment. Yeah, yeah. Like the hyper focus. It was really bad, too. Like, I was like, I'm going to watch someone get, like, pummeled. And I'm sure there's something happening there that we can't see, like, literally, like, breaking a <laughs> yeah a frequency. <laughs> yeah. Like, breaking a that's bubble. Really cool. It really felt like a bubble thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very interesting. Yeah, it's like in movies, like Marvel movies, where like people are going crazy, and then there's like a lost child in the corner, and, and she's like, "Mama!" And they're yeah. like, "Wait, what are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> yeah, put down your shield, dude. <laughs> Why are we on this rooftop? Who put us on this planet anyway? Why are we fighting when we're the only ones? Why on the are planet? all the pipes leaking? <laughs> it's always like there's like drippy pipes in an alley. How did this kid get here? Yeah. Joe is being very cute. She's giving me the eyes where the white is showing. <laughs> um, yeah, really interesting. But these guys, what was funny about them, though, is like, okay, so all of a sudden a fight breaks out, like brawling out of a door. Like they were inside a pizza place and it was two guys against one. But what was funny was, so they're fighting, fighting, people are like filming and just kind of like pausing. James is the first one to walk towards it and say something right after she does this. Another guy starts doing it. And then all of a sudden the whole crowd changes and it could have been, it felt like everyone were, was parents, like breaking up kids, yeah. like their own kids. Yeah. Like they just weren't afraid. Like it's funny how the energy shifted. Yeah. And then after that, the two guys like happened to be going in the same direction as us, the ones who were fighting the other guy. Mm -hmm. And they told us the story and it seemed warranted. The guy that the two was two against one, the one was just really drunk and hassling people in the pizza place and had nowhere to be kind of vibe. Yeah. And the two guys, the funny thing they kept saying to us after was like, <laughs> they were like, we're not fighters. We're not fighters. Yeah. Look at me. And yeah. he goes, look at my shoes. Yeah. And his shoes were like <laughs> rainbow Nikes. Yeah. They were, yeah, they were like cute. What was funny <laughs> was I, when I went over there, I was trying to figure out what was going on. And I thought they were stealing the guy's shoes because the rainbow Nikes were on the floor. Mm. And so I thought like someone's shoes are getting stolen or the bag's getting <laughs> stolen. But I think he actually took his shoes off to fight. Like he didn't want to fuck up the shoes. Oh, like kick them off. Yeah. Okay. See, so yeah, he's not. He. That's what he said. He's not a fighter. Yeah. He said, "Look at my shoes. I he was prioritize like, they, them." They smashed our pizza slice on the ground, man. That's disrespectful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what was cute was like they were two best friends. It seemed like, mm -hmm. or at least some relationship, and they were so just hyped that they fought a guy together. Yeah. And James and I have told the story of we when we kind of fought a guy together. Right. Right. And we had a similar. <laughs> We had a similar thing. We had a similar response after. Someone had to be put in their place because he was stepping to Gabby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Literally. And I was like, I'm not a fighter. Mm -mm. Look at our linen pants. Look at, I, except that <laughs> night I was wearing a leather jacket, so maybe he got confused. Wow. You were a fighter that day. And he scratched my jacket and it never went away. And now he's dead. I know. He's, I know. He's dead. The guy else has that did jacket we say now. that he was dead? I'm not sure. The guy that, that James time. and I fought died. <laughs> not, not because of. <laughs> <laughs> not because we fought him. Other reasons. Years later. Well, years later. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I honestly, I mean, it's uh, it's so wild. Every time I saw that scratch, I thought about him. Mm -hmm. I couldn't. I mean, I gave that I gave that jacket away at our yard sale. Damn. Yeah, a Michael Kors leather jacket I gave away for free at a yard sale because I just couldn't deal. Also, Michael Kors, who is he? But I know Michael Kors. It's, you know, it's funny. You really think about branding and he's someone where like, I remember when he felt like a designer mm -hmm. and now he just like, I just think of those MK, MK, MK bags. Yeah. Yeah. And now he just feels like a Ross brand. Yeah. I got it at Macy's I wonder on how sale. he feels about that. Yeah. I'm sure other countries, it's like he's one of those designers where like, 
someone in Germany is like obsessed. Some like heiress. Sure. You sure, know what sure. I mean? Like yeah. The U.S. doesn't really. Also, maybe they have better designs in other countries. Yeah. He might have tiers. He might have a tier system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like let them get the Ross bags, but also there is the leather jackets and the trench coats. The trench coats. Um, Two kids in a trench coat. Yeah, I saw the fight. That was a beautiful day. It was really nice. Because it was like book signing, really good vibes. And then you and I saw a fight. You broke up the fight. That was just trippy to watch any kind of... It just felt Matrix-y. It was very (laughs) Matrix-y. Especially because it almost felt like they were flying like when they first came tumbling out of the pizza place. I was like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you never see people move like that. It was so theatrical. Yeah. And then we went to to get wine at this place called Pally Wine, Mm -hmm. which was funny. Yeah. And the server was just so much fun. He just like gave us like fr- he just was actually into wine, you know. Yeah, which is always nice. You don't feel like they're trapped there when they're yeah <laughs> into the situation. Yeah, he was like hyped on the wine. I was like, we just got this one. I brought it home and tried it. <laughs> yeah, he was a lit major. We talked about Salman Rushdie together. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah, and then James Blake was playing. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. James's fave. So it was really nice. It and then we went to Marta's. Yeah. Who I hadn't seen in a while. And that was a trip. It was so fun. I was so happy to meet her dog in person. Or her roommate's dog. That big dog. Yeah. Very funny. Um, okay, I have a question for you. Yeah. If you had one, what's your dream for the book? Like, what's your... I have. I think I have a couple. Okay. I would love it to hit the teenagers. Mm-hmm. Like I would love it the same way that I would find little things. I want to like, I want to hit like a teenage friend group. Yeah. That would be enough. But like, like you really hit the teenagers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I want the heartbreak guide for. Like I want like some some teens to like really love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and. I think it would be really fun also if it like reached like like I remember our friend Faria mm-hmm. <laughs> like Kendall Jenner had her book on like a oh wow on um what is it called by the pool mm-hmm. what do they call those chairs pool deck chair like a shade like a chaise a chaise yeah, no I like guess. a pool chair yeah like a pool bed yeah, it was we just all know in the background. What we were talking about, yeah. And it was just <laughs> random for her. Like, it's not like her publisher, like, tried to, like, get in there. It was yeah. just chance. Mm. And I just want that. Like, I just want the book to, like, exist as, like, a weird piece of me that I might catch in a photo or, like, mm-hmm. you know. Like, I'm interested in the part of it. Like, of course, people who have read me before are going to buy it. But I'm interested in, like, the same way it's so wild to me that people picked it up at the fair and bought it without liking yeah. me to begin with. Like, yeah. I'm just so interested in that part of it. Like just it existing as a book um but yeah the teen thing would be cool (laughs) yeah i could definitely see that and i think it's such a good weight and size to carry around you know it's so it's so transportable and if teens are having attention span troubles i think it's the perfect size it's very (laughs) like yeah it gives you like bite size like (laughs) info yeah i hope it reaches them yeah you know all right here we come teens (laughs) teens and instagram sightings yeah, anyone listening, if you have teen cousins or relatives, mm-hmm. you should give them the book. If you are a teen, even. Influence. We should infiltrate the teen scene. Teen scene. <laughs> I know teens Teens need a little bit of grounding, I think. Yeah. Every teen, every teen does. It's not just like this generation or whatever. They need a matte foiled book in their yeah. lives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they do. 
Um, but yeah, great stuff. Book is coming. Book will be out in the world September 13th in a way that doesn't feel random and sneaky. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. It'll be just in around. That was just like a pop-up. Amazon Prime. It was probably. like a pop-up experience. Yeah, it was funny because I did talk to the publisher about it. And I was like, isn't this going to like confuse people? And he was like, you know, I thought about it. And he was like, I think why not just have a moment because we can. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? Fine. Yeah. But it is, it is trippy because everyone's like, where's mine? And I'm like, they're not not out you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i'm just learning so much about publishing because it is like it's just not the same it's not like oh my shirts are made and i'm gonna send them out it's like right the <laughs> levels yeah yeah <laughs> the trade paperback i can't even imagine <laughs> i love this mic isn't it nice it just it feels like what it should feel like yeah i feel like it feels like what podcasting should feel like well okay so basically how these mics came into my hands is um they're they're my dad's and when I went over to my mom's birthday a couple of days ago, I was talking about, I've, I just complain about mics all the time because my dad loves to listen to mic mm-hmm. complaints. You come from a family of audiophiles. Audio, yeah, for real. And so I was talking about that and um, my dad was like, well, why don't you get some like, or actually he brought it up. He's like, why don't you get this box and like you can get it on sale. And I was like, well, then I'd have to get new mics, dad, and I'm not trying to invest mm. right now in like more shit. And then he said, well, you can borrow my mics. You just have to get the box. And then Chris was like, well, I have a box. I use, I don't use it anymore <laughs> for this. And so then it all came together in this really beautiful, magical way. And, um, and I just love it when things sort of just fall into place like that. Also, mm-hmm. these are all pieces of equipment that people aren't using right now. So it just is like, in terms of like, it's like moving yeah. energy that needs to be moved and needs to be moved. Yeah. Should we talk about the rehearsal? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Okay. What's your experiences? Because you always like Nathan. You watch Nathan for you. You've been in the game. I've watched Nathan Nathan for you. I feel like I need to watch more of it because I can't even remember when I saw it. Like, I can't remember Mm -hmm. the specific experience of watching it. I just remember being like, this is absolutely genius and I love it. But, you know, when you, like, have a place memory of watching Mm -hmm. something. I have a really intense one with it. It's like, which I didn't even realize until now, (laughs) but Kevin Boog. Oh, yeah. He was... Kevin Boo (laughs) was a person that my one of my ex-boyfriends was in a band with and he was just a really funny person with good suggestions always Mm. very he was like a trendsetter yeah he knew a small way he knew yeah yeah, he knew how to get it but one time we randomly were at his parents house like his family's house in like the San Fernando Valley Mm -hmm. and it was really random and (laughs) we were gonna have dinner and then he put on Nathan for you so this was like 2015 I wow. think yeah, yeah that would have lined up and yeah. before we had like pasta with his family we were just in this like valley living room and yeah it was like this show was so fucking funny and I think it was the dumb starbucks episode which is one of the best oh, to be yes, introduced to yeah yeah and I was like this is really funny and to me it felt very like Portlandia humor yeah yeah um I really li- I thought it was great and then ever since then I've liked it but I like the rehearsal better I think it's really strong well I think the rehearsal it just shows what art can do when it has a budget totally it's such a budget yeah Yeah. like hbo was like okay here you go yeah here you are sir um and i think he also has matured and aged and has like defined his role a little bit more which is weirdly got hotter i've never thought that he was attractive yeah like well age men age into hotness like yeah that's how i feel about chris i tell chris all the time he's so lucky because looking at photos of him Mm. in high school and college and honestly, mm. like five years ago, he's just, he's like kind of nerdy. Yeah. And then, you know, you, they sort of get like the 
lines around the eyes and there's like i don't know there's men a way look, men look good when they get older like, and they figure things yeah. out later too yeah there's less like stress and yeah um <laughs> nathan nathan <laughs> no he just yeah he looks good looks we great. met him we met him we did we met him briefly at what was used to be Cine family and now yeah because he had a live show with kyle mooney mm-hmm. That was funny. So we went to this live show that was Kyle Mooney and Nathan Fielder. And basically both of them said on stage that they met at a party and they were the only two people <laughs> at the party who like collect YouTube videos. Yeah. But not YouTube videos like, you know, like average people YouTube videos that have like 150 views or like yeah. 91 views and like just someone's weird compilation or something. And so basically this comedy show that they did was them showing us like their weird YouTube video mm-hmm. collection, mm-hmm. which was like really, and it just, it shows you actually how sound his vision is because yes, yeah. I guess we'll get into the criticism of like him manipulating like ordinary people, but he's obsessed with the ordinary mm-hmm. and like just kind of pointing at the strangeness of humans. <laughs> totally. And he does it in, the thing with him is you don't know what he's actually finding strange and what he's digesting as um, a normal thing because he doesn't, what's cool about him is he, he's unreadable. And so he mm-hmm. lets us read things. Like he leaves so many more questions and answers. I think oh, yeah. a lot of time hosts like try to take on a personality that's like, whoa, I think this is weird or like, you know, I'm yeah. down, but he has nothing. He's, he's just mm-hmm. this blank slate, you know. Now that's a good point that usually the host position is reserved for someone who's like curating the energy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. don't people literally like hire hosts for parties? I remember that with yeah. bar mitzvahs where it was like the person that gets, you know, like, right, right, right. And then TV hosts, this, but he literally is like the, the negative host. He's like the, yeah. What is it? What's the, like, the inverted, <laughs> inverted host. <laughs> <laughs> like he just does the opposite. And then, yeah, yeah it makes people talk. And I, you know what? It's funny because people think it's manipulative, but then the other way to look at it is like, that it's actually giving people a voice who normally need to be guided. <laughs> I just, what I don't understand about people saying it's manipulative is like, have you absolutely never heard of, of reality TV? Like, have you just, <laughs> did you wake up and never turn on any reality TV show? Because that's manipulative. Like the editing in those shows, do you really think that's reality? Like they yeah. manipulate people to make them the hero or the villain. Yeah. They put people in a certain light, let people do certain interviews, mm. the bachelor. I mean, that's manipulative. Yeah. I can't even with people who, who <laughs> want to make this giant crusade. I'm like, you're <laughs> waiting for this show to do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things where you're just like, I almost like when those like shitty critiques come out. Cause I'm like, this just shows like that people just be saying shit. Mm-hmm. But what's funny too. Yeah. It's like, okay you've never seen reality tv but also like have you ever never been in like a group conversation like there's always yeah. the there's always the fear that you're being manipulated or someone else's because in, in, yeah because mm. manipulation okay there's active like the primary use of the word manipulation is when like it's planned like mm. oh i'm gonna go and i'm gonna sit down and make this person feel weird or i'm gonna manipulate them into hiring me or whatever yeah but then there's just the manipulation that happens unconsciously which is just like unsaid power dynamics and like literally the fact that someone could just be insecure and quiet and the other person thinks they're being rude and Mm -hmm. dominant you know like all the manipulation (laughs) that happens through perception in general and it's like funny to think that like anyone thinks they're above that Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. you know like I also just like 
it's not as if the show went out without anyone's approval who was on the show. Like everyone had to sign off on some sort of um, agreement. You know, there's yeah, like yeah. that girl, the girl on the park bench, the the friend, right? I feel like the person who's portrayed in the most negative light is the friend of the dude mm. in the first episode. Oh yeah, like she's portrayed as like sort of annoying and like talks a lot and totally doesn't is completely unaware, right? And the yeah. thing with that is she signed off on it. It's you also know? like she is that person. And that's who she is. <laughs> that's yeah. the other part too. Is like is it manipulation or is it like people just given so much space to be who they are and like just yeah. like sorry it wasn't flattering. Like yeah. who's 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 great? I don't know. I don't know. It's yeah. Like I do think the complaining ass lady who makes a guy feel scared to say he doesn't have a master's <laughs> degree, I think she should be exposed on a show. Yeah. <laughs> Not she to, also, like, shame her, but just, like... Well, she she's a, an archetype of, of a person like that. Yeah, And it's yeah. a way for people to sort of see a reflection and be like, hmm, have I ever been like that? And have mm-hmm. I made someone feel uncomfortable and taken up too much space talking about my roommates? I loved... The thing about the show is, like, it's so honest about about interactions. Mm. She walks into the bar and she's like... I had to talk to my roommates and like the chocolate truck was there. And of course I reported them, but they didn't really get there in time. And then I, I finally left like right when they were leaving. So I listened to the sound all day and it's like, so he finally admits that he hasn't gotten a master's degree and she sort of takes it like in stride. You can tell she's processing it or whatever. And then he opens up to her about like his life struggles. And he like was like, I couldn't go to a school because I was saddled with debt and like all this stuff. And it's like, and she's like, wow, you've uh, never told me about this stuff. And it's like, like his problems are real. His <laughs> problems are fucking real. And it's like, yeah, homegirl, like when, when have you ever let him speak or ask yeah. him how his day was or ask him, you know, about his background or his life? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I think, I think it was a really honest an honest thing. And it's almost just like, this dude who's like a, t- a Brooklyn public school teacher mm-hmm. <laughs> deserves more. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Okay, this is a take I really like um, on Twitter. It was just a screenshot with no credit, mm. but Cancela Lansbury <laughs> posted it. Uh, people who think Nathan Fielder is exploitative are telling on themselves. They have such a condescending, pitiful view towards normal, non-media trained people that they're uncomfortable seeing that those people merely exist. Yikes. And I really vibed with that because I was like, I literally don't see anybody being shamed. I just see like the same way that, you know, let's say you work in retail or in a restaurant, Mm -hmm. you know, you kind of have all these personalities around you. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just, people are just funny. Mm, totally. <laughs> and they have their little obsessions. Like, the trivia guy was so, like, so many people I knew that you talk to them about something and they just bring it back to their motorcycle or something. Yeah. And it's like, cool. Okay. Like, <laughs> that's your thing, your, your topic. Yeah. Like, they're just, like, tuned in. They're, like, yeah. keyed up. Yeah. It's so funny. And then the guy, what's the one that I think the conversation started because of the guy with his numbers, the one... Who reminded me oh of you know who's so many ex. people so many yeah people. yeah he was a trip but i'm like we know so many people like that like the spiritual he's guy who microdosed too everybody. much he's everybody we know like and he's so many <laughs> he's people every woman he that man is everyone yeah i just felt like have you just never met a dude that's like obsessed with finding signs yeah and who talks about like demons and stuff yeah also <laughs> <laughs> the part where like 
he's yelling at his, his roommate it's like we've all either, so either like yelled at roommates or seen our roommates yell at each other like but not like that not like that <laughs> not like that but like I don't know. It was just so it was intense. <laughs> and yeah. they were both like acting like harder than they were. Mm-hmm. And then he had mattresses in his room. It was so yeah. funny. But that's yeah. the thing. It was like, I don't know. People be like that. And that dude would it just take a chance on love and like go <laughs> into a situation and then dip yeah. out, you know? Yeah. He's all like experience based. He's yeah. like, what are the gods telling me? Yeah. She's funny too, that girl. I look at her and I'm like, it's she's so me if I like went on a different direction. Mm-hmm. seriously (laughs) i see that like if i just like she's really funny yeah i'm really excited for the next episode because the fact that then he inserts himself yeah that's another level right like also you know when i hear the criticism i'm like do you not see yourself in any of those people because Mm -hmm. i think what makes the show good is like there's a piece of us in all those people you know what i mean and it's like that's kind of the point Mm -hmm. you know yeah like, I've been master's degree guy. I've been angel number guy. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I've been roommate. <laughs> I've oh. been Nathan. <laughs> I've worried about being a uh, master's friend. I don't even know what to call her. Complaining lady. Complaining lady. Complaining lady. I will say, too, I was talking about this with my sister. And, like, I think all art is an exaggeration of someone's consciousness. Mm. And I think Nathan Fielder's, like, 100,000% on the spectrum, but not, like... Mm bad enough you know like to not function oh right right. and i think he just exaggerates the hell out of it yeah yeah. because even the rehearsal i'm like that's such an autistic thing or like even just socially awkward like whatever on the spectrum of social issues yeah like to get so obsessed with the different ways something can go that it's overwhelming that you just need to like you know make a chart yeah like that was the first thing i thought i was like when i found out what the premise was i was like yeah like you are like and also, okay, I wanted to mention this, but I forgot. When we saw them live mm-hmm. and we talked to him after, I was, like, searching for if he was being a character or not. No, and he's not. And he's not. Yeah. My sister was, like, fangirling over him because she's a crush on him. And he was so awkward and weird yeah. about it. Yeah. And I was like, this guy is, but he's self-aware. And he knows how to use it. And right. then, you know, they say art heals. <laughs> <laughs> he, like, exaggerates his reality you know yeah he's just he's one of the few that can turn it into a a self-aware performance and he's jewish of course yeah (laughs) he's giving major jewish energy which we love i love his salt and pepper hair in this in this series um yeah he's looking good well another thing okay when with the jewish thing i was saying with my mom was that curb your enthusiasm and seinfeld which are both notoriously like yeah jewish productions yeah (laughs) they both have a similar presence in that they magnify the mundane Mm -hmm. into something funny irritating they just magnify the mundane and it could be good it could be a fun thing or it could be them hating on it whatever but i was like that's such a vibe yeah it's an (laughs) it's an observational comedy which um i think it's so healing i mean i was saying this on another podcast but i think people just need like Seinfeld more than ever you know because it the more that if I get annoyed at certain things and then I try to think like what would Seinfeld do or like Mm -hmm. (laughs) how would I make this into a Seinfeld episode like if it doesn't fully relieve my feelings of annoyance it takes me out of the cycle of thinking about it yeah (laughs) it makes me think about it from a different way and sometimes Mm -hmm. that's all that matters because then it'll just dissipate because you'll kind of be like huh maybe it's this way maybe it's this way and then you'll just trail off in something Mm -hmm. else it doesn't like turn into a bigger thing yeah 
Yeah. And it's also so, like, I love what you said, observational comedy, mm-hmm. which I feel like could be the title of <laughs> this episode. <laughs> um, observational comedy. It's like, that's how I feel about Portlandia as well. Um, yes, we love. Where it's just like, it's comedy that transcends. Like, it's not like, oh, I'm going to sit down and watch this person be funny. It like, it's almost like having a really good shroom trip that mm. sticks with you. Yeah. You're like, oh, this is helping me look at the world in a way that I'm going to find it more funny or I'm going to maybe right. magnify the mundane or I'm going to like find the silly parts of my coworker instead of just getting annoyed with them and like characterize. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's fun. Yeah. The rehearsal. No, it doesn't make sense. I mean, manipulative is also I think that's a fucking I hate that word, to be honest. I don't like it. Uh, my mom used to call me manipulative when she didn't See, like what I was doing. You know, <laughs> I was like a like, kid. Dude. And I was a fucking kid. But I I think it's a weird... I just think it's a word that people use when they want to make a point that doesn't really have any It's standing. a word that has a neutral definition. Yeah. And words that actually have a neutral definition... Like, I'm going to try and say this. <laughs> but words that have... that. Are have a neutral definition, which usually means that they're not charged in any direction. Yeah. Manipulation, the word manipulate, has been charged in a negative direction, like, tenfold. Mm-hmm. And when people use it, it still have has its original neutral meaning, but it's charged with their opinion. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. And yeah. so whenever I hear that word, I'm like, that's... It's just one of those things, like, that's all you, you know? Right, like, right. it's completely up for debate because manipulation literally just means to change something or to alter something and like when is that not happening like literally just me talking and then you being quiet while I talk me being quiet while you talk that's manipulation or manipulating (laughs) just like yeah the pace yeah if I stop talking right now and give you space to talk then you're you know it's like yeah 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 but that's not charged in any way that's a conversation right the air conditioner is manipulating the temperature in the room yeah (laughs) (laughs) joey's manipulating the texture on my leg yeah you know one of my legs has a dog on it the other one doesn't yeah she's manipulating reality (laughs) she's manipulating us so hard Joy Coffee manipulates the body. Food manipulates oh my the God, body. Does it ever? The news manipulates the brains of the, the sheeple. The no, news kidding. media. <laughs> <laughs> I love. I really love when people say news media because it's the most redundant thing, but it sounds smarter. I love it so much. I like. I like saying it too. News media. The news. Media. I like it too. It sounds like artistic. I've been trying to like. I think somebody needs to make a show like about, just like. Like, I just think it's so fun to pretend to be a conspiracy theorist or, like, yeah. someone who says sheeple, but yeah. people take it seriously. I know. Like, I, know. I keep doing that to my sister because she's so, like, uptight. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll just be, like, uh, like, someone will say something about the news and I'll be, like, and then they're going to try to, yeah. like, yeah. put yeah. chips in us. I, like, <laughs> pretend to be that guy and everyone thinks I'm, like, being serious. And I'm, like, dude, when are we going to? Yeah. Can we just? going to have our fun. Could we? Nathan. No, being <laughs> conspiracy is the most fun. Nathan Fielder. Mm, I'm going to use the restroom more quickly. <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I can... You want to vamp? I'll vamp. I don't even know what that means. Like James is going to the bathroom. She has beautiful shorts on, I just noticed. Bright blue. Um, we just had this... We went to La Mille today. Oh, hi, Josie. Um, we went to La Mille today, which is the epicenter, which is the coffee shop we always come to um when we're here and everyone's always there and um someone came up to me and crouched next to me and said are you gabby are you saisoon i was just reading your heartbreak guide 
and I had brought a couple of those extra books with me because I thought someone was going to stop by and get one and they didn't stop by and I was like do you want the book and I gave it to her yeah that was cute that's my solo story that was funny because I didn't want to like I didn't want to like break up the moment so I literally was just like I'm not she really surprised me sometimes usually I see someone coming over they like look a bunch but she came out of nowhere yeah I had I yeah (laughs) <laughs> she had she had cute hair. Was, she had, she hair, had like, great hair. Me, but short and more. That's one thing also with the book signing where I was like, it's just cool when the people who come are like very cool and you're like, damn, like, like people with like cool pants like totally. like me. I ended up talking to this really cool girl named Sarah who like. Oh, I liked her too. Is reading the Judaism book and just got her German. She was great. Yeah, she was awesome. Um, okay, we were talking about Nathan Fielder manipulation. manipulation. Yeah, manipulation, that's a word that needs to be wrecked. I feel the same way about manipulation, the word manipulate that I do about settling. Mm. That was the one of the first words that really, like, hit me in the head with the whole, like, this is a neutral word. Yeah, and it's yeah. been negatively charged. And it's not and the world's not fault. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I don't have to, you know. Like, I was thinking, like, settling, like, the dust settling or, like, finally settling down. Like, can feel so good. Yeah, yeah. And people always use that word of, like, she's settling, like, know your worth. I'm like, I would love to settle somewhere. I know. I would love to feel settled. Yeah, settle feels grounded. It feels like mature and it feels, and also the, another word is comfortable. When people say like, you've gotten a little too comfortable. Oh. It's like, how dare you? Yeah, we're how all trying to, literally you. this entire species has evolved to be more comfortable. I bet like the <laughs> use of that word, comfortable being used in a negative way is like a capitalist thing, you know? Oh, totally. And no one ever used it in a negative way until someone was like wait people should be hustling you've gotten too comfortable i want to spread the gospel where it's like if you're gonna say some negative shit like it better be true Mm -hmm. it better be a thousand percent true yeah (laughs) which is also like there just is so little negative stuff that's true yeah so (laughs) so booyah like nathan fields are being manipulative he is i mean he is manipulative but like what's your definition also again it's just like any reality tv show is manipulative like they're putting Mm. people in a manipulative situation yeah and manipulating the audience like the thing is like i just don't get why people have selected this show to hate on because it's (laughs) it's the most like artistic version of this and i think that's what it is is people just can't handle it without like the gloss of i just yeah you know well people can't handle anything anymore mm-hmm. you know what i mean is mm-hmm. there anything that gets rolled out that doesn't have an issue even beyonce's album they're like she said spaz that's with with lizzo too yeah it was yeah. the same lizzo and it was just like yeah. it just seems like there's always going to be a tweak yeah someone said in response to the nathan fielder thing when i was looking on twitter a few days ago they were like to everyone who's saying nathan fielder is manipulative like do your parents still tuck you into bed at night <laughs> i was like oh my god <laughs> Oh, that's a great response. Yeah. Yeah, that's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really funny. Yeah. Yeah. I just... Yeah. Yeah, it is... A, it's almost like a... I don't... It's like a bad sign of the times that people mm. are getting upset over Nathan Fielder's show. Yeah, I thought that too. I yeah. was like, this is like... This show had put so much effort. Like, yeah. we're so used to seeing like Netflix like crank out these like shows yeah like <laughs> trash manipulation yeah shows, either reality yeah. or even like the staged like what mm-hmm. is it like legacy shows mm-hmm. is that what they're called <laughs> like i know what you new. mean yeah like, like their lost. main shows <laughs> like yeah everything that came after lost yeah um <laughs> al after lost 
bit lost. Um, yeah, and it's just like every once in a while do we get one that feels true. But I was like, whoa, this is like, it reminded me of, yeah, like the golden era of shows. Where yeah. It was like, yeah. What was the gold? I think there was, I'm, there was a time where like shows were coming out that were just like, yeah. Meant to surprise you. I'm trying to think. I mean, for Early me. Early Portlandia era. Okay. Yeah. Portlandia for sure. What else? Like HBO. When HBO was like doing Sex in the City, I feel like that yeah, was a golden totally, era. Totally. Um, and then. HBO. I think, no, I would agree with that. And I'm thinking of also being in LA at that time. And you would see the billboards for like yeah. that show. And they would always be someone taking a risk. Yeah. Like Weeds. Do you did you ever watch I Weeds? I totally remember Weeds. Their campaign yeah. was so big. I never watched mm-hmm. it. I always wondered if I should. I watched most I remember, of it. I yeah. always think of you. You're yeah. the only like connotation I have. Yeah. Weeds. But I just, um, their campaign was so strong. Big Love, which was literally about polygamists. And that like, yeah. would they tell that story today? I certainly don't know, but it was so good. And it's more relevant now than it was yeah. then. Yeah. yeah, I just want, like, real, like, you know. Yeah. It's really funny. Big I hope we get shows. out of this. But, Nathan, that was the thing. That show, the rehearsal, I was like, oh, this is, like, maybe we're back a little. I hope yeah. he he uh, holds on to his reins. Oh, he better get renewed for season two. I don't think two. he said anything in response. I doubt it. I don't yeah. think he, he doesn't strike me as someone that would get <laughs> in the, the mix. Oh, yeah, like, try to be seen as, like, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like... You guys, I got to make a fake bar inside a studio. Like, Yeah. The fact that he transported it. He like threw that line away where he was like, I love this bar so much. And in fact, I transported it from New York <laughs> to Los Angeles. And it's like. <laughs> yeah. It's also one of those things with the manipulation thing and like any other like hating thing. It's like, okay, so you don't think it's right. So like, okay, don't act like that. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, it's just that simple. Like, mm-hmm. you don't have to like save the world. Yeah, I think it's a, you know what it is, is it's a um, homogenization of behavior where we're, because there's so much, I'm trying to figure out how this works, but we're trying to create like norms Mm. in this like crazy society where everyone can do everything, Mm -hmm. but there's like a new set of like moral norms that everyone's supposed to hold themselves to. And so people are trying to create that and then when a show like this comes along it kind of breaks that simulation people mm-hmm. get upset does that make sense like yeah totally it's like trying to rebuild a structure of morals because because <laughs> back in the day it was like we all had this we had like three tv stations or whatever and yeah. two newspapers and <laughs> <laughs> Dude, okay so you're over there and i've been looking at you long enough with the mic covering your nose like yeah. you know when you look at someone with an like and it's at the point where my brain has forgotten what to fill in the like. nose yeah oh, wow. and so now i'm just like whoa you're a whole other person button nose yeah <laughs> but you know when someone's like upside down for too long and then I you're hate like that. yeah that's so and much. then you're like now you're like this, that freaks like, me creature. out deeply there's the nose yeah there i am the other thing like what a paradox what a fucking psychosis to <laughs> make social norms online for real <laughs> like to define irl social norms like through the internet like yeah who who gave you the gumption? And when social norms are built on a smaller scale than people pretend, like it's mm-hmm. not like one humor works for like the whole world, you know. Like right. my example for that is like Brazilian humor is very teasy. Mm-hmm. It's like you better have a thick skin. <laughs> yeah. Not only that, you better see it as like love. And like my dad is so teasy. Like he'll just and it's like if you 
like I could just see someone like seeing like a teasy show and being like teasing yeah. is actually really mean yeah. and it's like why I have an eating disorder it's bullying it's bullying and it's like okay like well you wouldn't last a day in like another culture where that's right. considered like love and funny and it's not really up to you to change that mm-hmm. you know but I think of that too it's like why why kill your range you know why not just be like oh that's that yeah that's funny yeah I mean that's the thing is like it's like what Nathan Fielder is doing is a surrealist situation and you have to design that situation mm-hmm. for it to be surrealist because if you just it's put people so into, if you just follow people around, it wouldn't be surrealist. But it's the same thing of like seeing that situation and saying it's manipulative, which again, what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. And then if you were to watch like a Brazilian show and say, oh my God, they're bullying, they're bullying. Yeah. Them. <laughs> but it's like teasing, you know? Yeah. But it's it like just, just heightening. It's heightening things. It's also, it, what it reminds me of is like, the response that people have nowadays is just an automatic like trauma response, like saying like, (laughs) this is like traumatic or PTSD or this is, yeah, it's an automatic like zero to a hundred. I'm upset now, Mm. which is like, why are we reactive in that way? Yeah. And it's always personal. I will never forget when my, we were talking about the Chappelle show or Dave Chappelle Mm. and it was when he was first getting canceled. This was like what four years ago. Mm. And I remember Maya was like, yeah, like, I don't really, I think their opinion now has changed. But back then they were like, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things where like, if he says something that offends one person, like they're going to be mad and they won't care about the other thing. Mm. And I was like, cause I said, I was like, yeah, I, I like, I think he's funny, but I just didn't like when he made a rape joke. And he was like, yeah, cause you're like the butt of that joke. And yeah. then he was like, but uh, and then he was like, my friend who's trans doesn't like when he makes trans jokes, but like those mm-hmm. didn't hit you hard because that's not personal to you, you know, mm-hmm. but just this idea of like personal offense really trips me out and really becomes clear. And I see it, especially even with people who like, you never see them getting angry about something. Yeah. And then they do when it's something in their sphere. Right. Which yeah. is obviously like a very normal, obvious thing. But I mean, like what what does it mean to sort of be self-aware in the fact that you're only going to be offended by stuff that seems close to home? Yeah. And then that's when you kind of like, you know, crusade and have your like, right. let's change the world moment or let's cancel the show moment. Yeah. Like, like, but is it our responsibility to be like, everyone's going to get dragged? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm making sense. I get what you're saying. I just think like, are we just like not letting anyone take a little heat anymore? Like I'm not talking about rape jokes Mm. or like trans jokes. I think that's what's so weird about the rehearsal. Mm. Yeah. It's it's like, it's not, it's mild. Like so mild. It's that's what's so weird about it. It's like, I'm saying the trauma response vibe coming for the rehearsal is what to me is like the weirdest thing. It's like coworker drama. It's like, I think she's kind of manipulative or Mm -hmm. like she gave me a dirty look and it's like, we're having conversations about that. Mm -hmm. It's true. And also like who is, the rehearsal is very careful, I think, to not come after any, (laughs) anyone who's actually like down and out, you know? Mm -hmm. If you want to talk about the guy who had his like, his numbers thing, it's like we all go through those periods and he's (laughs) living in like, organ you know with a roommate he just doesn't seem like he's that bad off like yeah it's not like you're hitting someone when they're truly down you're just hitting someone when they're in their sort of like spacey spiritual moment and not even really hitting them just filming them them. well that's what that earlier quote that i really like was about which is like this isn't a show that's like actively like 
shaming people it's just like around them yeah yeah <laughs> and like it's it is yeah you're telling on yourself if you're like that guy's an idiot mm-hmm, <laughs> you know it's mm-hmm. like no it's just a guy yeah uh great show love it can't wait for the next episode yeah also um, that guy did it was kind of smart in that he saw that he wasn't capable of taking care of the kid and he left instead of like sticking oh, yeah. around and being like i'm gonna make this work yeah he had some good qualities yeah he was tall fit yeah remembered things really well <laughs> is that a new fruit basket hanging was you that know we have that in the old place and then i just put it up in the past two months oh so it is kind of new yeah it looks good thank you thank you what else should we we're laying here we almost didn't record because we were so dead even though we had caffeine yeah we've we uh it's been a big i mean after the book signing even though it wasn't my book signing <laughs> i was like whoa that was crazy i know it was a lot yeah i mean it wasn't i feel like the festival itself the fair the fair <laughs> the fair yeah the heck is a fair I'm what is the difference between a fair and a festival well a festival seems bigger, bigger. and a fair seems like well, fair is usually wor- is usually a word for when there's a bunch of tables. Oh, okay. And then festival is kind of like more party. More party, yeah. Because like I think of like a job fair, you know. Okay. It's like yeah, you're right. Fair, because also uh, fairs is like things. I always <laughs> think of the Renaissance fair, yeah. but that's not. That should be a festival. But I think the Renaissance fair, fair started before they had like, before they even had festivals. Before they had job fairs. <laughs> Now we're going to research yeah. what came first, the Renaissance Fair or the Job Fair. Man, job fairs are sad. I like know. they shouldn't be. Yeah. <laughs> they shouldn't be, but. I just remember at school, they like, they like. Did they have those? We never had those. We did. We had like, there was one day on the quad where they had like, I don't know, it was a job fair. It was just <laughs> like different booths about just like where you could work. Were the jobs cool or were they like Starbucks and No, Quiznos? it was like it was like uh, it was like places I think they were looking for interns. I think that was the okay. whole goal. I mean, to be honest, that kind of sounds cool. Like I was thinking about it, how it was cool for yeah. I was thinking about how like in college you're afforded so many connections and like mm. internships and I was thinking about it for two reasons. One, because Chris has someone who's coming to work for him from September to March mm-hmm. as part of his college. His college like normally sends them to work for a company for free, but he this dude like is a is a go getter mm-hmm. <laughs> got Chris cleared because Chris is a DP. So he's alumni. like alumni. Yeah. Well no, Chris isn't an alumni. He's just this isn't even, this is from a random Oh this not is a his random college. person who's like a, a fan of Chris's. So anyway, so I was thinking about how when you're in college you get that opportunity to just work but you're also in college and a lot of Mm. places like make you make sure that you have a school you're going to so because labor practices can't just have you work for free Mm. so I was thinking about that and then I was also thinking about like alumni networks and how sick that is like yeah there's a lot I mean no it is cool and a lot of people are excited I just get weirded out by those things yeah (laughs) it's like my own problem yeah like, I would just be like, there's a fucking job fair yeah, in the quad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, everyone's so, everyone has, like, enthusiasm. Yeah. Clipboards. Yeah, it's my own. No, the clipboard is weird. My own resistance. Also, they had Advocating. a... Advocating. There's an episode in The Office where they do a job fair, and it's 
really pathetic. So that's my only experience with it. <laughs> Joey's like fully in the mic. <laughs> Let's see. Does she have any? Do you have any words? You might have heard that. He's so sweet. Um, what else? I'm gonna see Nope tonight. I'm, I'm so excited to talk about it. With you. Coming the what? I just <laughs> I want the hardcovers to come in the mail. Yeah. So I can sign them. I bet they will. Yeah. Yeah. I w- we need a UPS shipping update. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I love everything, but it is kind of annoying to just be like, oh, and then they came. And then they were, you know, it's like. Yeah. In some ways it would be nice to just be like, they're all here at one time. Mm-hmm. And we know the date. And like. Yeah. Well, I think also you're dealing with like the shipping backups or whatever. What is it called? Oh, supply there was a supply shorter yeah. shortage. Yeah. That was a yeah. big part of this. Yeah. Where it was like, so there was some drama in the early aughts because nobody was printing. Joey, come here, bud. That was crazy. Hey, Joey, bud. Hey, girl. Um, anything else? No. I feel like in the um, news. I'm rooting, I'm rooting for everyone, truly. Even the people who think the rehearsal is a manipulation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And everyone should root for me in my Pilates career. Pilates career. Pilates girl. Some days I do Pilates and I swear to God, the rest of the day I'm just lying on the couch like, help. Yeah, but that's, t- doesn't that feel good? It's fu- it's good, it's but it's also feeling. just like, why does this have to happen? Like, can yeah. I just be stronger? I want to get to the point where I'm just strong. I started doing weights and I hurt myself. Oh no, how? <laughs> it was only an eight pounder. I just had weird form, I think. But what, where did you hurt yourself? Just like my, like, the side of my ribs, I guess. Oh, like, okay. I just kind of like tweaked a muscle but then i was fine like it healed yeah. but i did have a moment where i was like hmm not mm. doing it right <laughs> yeah form is so important but it is nice to feel stronger it's so nice to feel strong work. yeah muscles i was doing um psycho. the bike the stationary bike and we have a mirror outside now and i can see my leg muscles and i was like whoa i have muscles in the leg the legs <laughs> i think i feel like the calves are very responsive yes yes like calves to me i feel like you do one intense hike, and the next day you got, like, a little shelf. <laughs> <laughs> Calves are very responsive. Arms, not so much, but also, you know, they're harder to use. You okay, gotta go out of your way. <laughs> I re- we'll never forget, a friend of ours said, well, you know, the arms, they always get fit, fittest, fastest. And in my head, I was like, I've, my arms have been the same since middle school. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> so it depends on the person. It's just, an, I think, I genetics. I think that's interesting that they say that. Yeah. Because I'm thinking that's probably true, but it's just so much easier in your life to have, like, a leg workout on accident than mm-hmm. it is to have an arm workout on accident. I know, I know. You know? Yeah. Like, there's so many normal situations where, like, you could work out your legs, like, just go up some stairs. Yeah. But then, like, arms, you really have to, like, go well, to a rock funny. climbing gym. When <laughs> I was um, serving in restaurants, I didn't realize how my, my forearms were, get, were always, like, really fit. Mm. And... I just didn't think about it because mm. I'm all, I was always holding plates and plates and plates. And then interesting two years after not doing that, my forearms are not as like toned. Yeah. And I just always thought that I had great forearms naturally, but it's just because I worked in restaurants for so long. I was also more lean when I was doing retail. Yeah. But it was because I was always on my feet and I didn't like being in one place because I'm fidgety. Yeah. So I'd have eight hours of just like walking around, standing and walking around. Yeah. yeah. And you always had to look busy. So I was literally like eight hours of movement, even mm. though it was subtle movement. I mean, you take an eight hour walk. That's like. No, it's so. A yeah. Lot. Yeah, it's trip. I mean, that's what we were made to. Bodies were made to work yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you got to. Man. Sometimes I wish I could just be in like 
a beautiful bubble for the rest of my life. I think about that too. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what everyone's trying to do, kind of? I yeah. I guess so. Like just get like we all just want like a nice space that doesn't feel like it'll be taken away from us. Yeah. Yeah. How is that funny that that feels hard? Does that feel hard to you? Yeah, funny? because I even think like even if I got like I could afford a studio in LA and make it beautiful, like it's still not mine. Mm-hmm. I don't know who my neighbors are. Like yeah, I could like buy a little house in like Virginia and mm-hmm. then like well then what's happening <laughs> over right, there? Right. Like there's just. I don't know. I mean, I guess, well, when have you felt in a safety bubble? Like, maybe that's the real question to see where that goes. I mean, I feel like some, some bit, somewhat this is a safety bubble for me now, but I think something that I've started using as like my um, archetype for a future dream is when Chris and I were in Spain mm. and we went to that little house in Girona that is sort of like 10 minutes in from the ocean mm. and it was a small house and a couple lived there and it was just surrounded by pasture and like people's farmland. And it was mm. just like so peaceful. And the village was, there was a, uh, how, um, a really, really great market that was like 15 minutes away. And I just remember feeling like this is such a, I feel so at peace. And I just felt like if I was able to stay there for a long time, it would be, it would just be a really beautiful bubble, I guess. And like, yeah, I felt, I, I feel like that's houses. a new, a new dream for me and then being able to like have a space where you can invite people in and like yeah you know, like host create a community of, of people that visit because that also like that would be such an incredible resource to offer as like a refuge for people who you know want to take a month and be creative and not have to worry like about mm-hmm. feeding themselves or whatever like being totally. able to provide that would be a, a really wonderful way to contribute yeah. and share resources I love small houses. <coughs> yeah. It's nice. Like, I feel like a house, like an ideal house, wouldn't be too much bigger than where I live now. Yeah, I feel the same because it's, you don't need that space. Like, when I had that one apartment that just happened to just be too big because mm-hmm. it was built in the 20s. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. It was built for family. Um, it was just too much and... I just felt like I was always cleaning or there was always something too clean or there was always like a part of the house that was like weighing on me because I knew it needed to be cleaned. And, and then you want to get more furniture and you're like, well, I don't need more furniture, (laughs) but it would feel so good if you, yeah, if you knew you were staying there, I guess. Yeah. Like I just, I couldn't bring myself to buy furniture because it was like, I'm renting and like what I'm going to have to move it again. And like, yeah, (laughs) I don't want to like commit to a space until I know I'm going to be there for a while. Right. Exactly. It's just a bubble. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I feel like you have something of a bubble in Hawaii. I do, but it's also not mine. It's not yours, right? Exactly. That's yeah. the one thing. But that's my other question for uh, I was thinking now is like, how can I be so present that I don't even think about how it's not mine? Mm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. because if I was like, a little angel looking down and be like look at her in her bubble mm-hmm. you know and then I'm over here being like I don't own this place and like I'm just on someone else's farm and like yeah. I don't know what I'm doing and I'm here with a guy you know yeah I don't have an address <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's true but also like an address is just a construct that's if what I'm you saying if you have yeah. a home like 
is like how do yeah. we yeah like how do we go back and just be like yo you got a sick bubble house yeah <laughs> and you're i mean the thing is that just from from how i see it is like you've you've made a home yeah and like i feel very comfortable there that's the most important thing i remember when i was living i moved into chris's place before we moved into this place and it was all all chris's stuff then i mm-hmm. uh, only had my clothes you know and then yeah. i he like was he cleared out like um a corner for me and i had like a space in the in the room i don't know just like oh, i was yeah. like okay like actually this feels like the most home i've ever felt anywhere mm-hmm. and but it took me a second to like assimilate into a you know a space that wasn't full of my stuff and yeah i don't know but it's it can happen home 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 Cheers to home. Cheers to, home. <laughs> Cheers to the home within. The home within. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's all we really have anyway. <laughs> all right. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going with God. Keep going with God in the home, in, in the, the heart. Home. <laughs> <laughs>